welcome to Coffee with Friends. I'm so happy you're here joining me. Today, I sit down with a good friend of mine who always gives me a good laugh and a whole lot of inspiration. She so bravely shares her testimony around her experience with relationship abuse. We discuss how she recognized it, pursued past it, and ultimately forgave. I continually learn from Bree, and today is no exception. I'm now just so happy you get to learn from her too. So let's dive in. Hello, friends. Today I have Bree, one of my good friends who I am in Bible study with. What's up? What's up? I'm so happy that you're here. I'm glad to be here. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. (laughs) So today's going to be a heavy topic and it's one that may trigger some of you guys, but I think it's something that is needing to be talked about. And today we're going to talk about relationship abuse and what that is. But before we dive in to our conversation... I want to lighten the mood before we get started, and I want to know, <laughs> what is your go-to dance song, Dance song. and what's your go-to move to that dance song? Mm. See, now the moves are a little iffy, because <laughs> I'll just like, I don't know, anything that's hype, like upbeat, happy songs are my go-to, but you know, like locker room type of pumped, get ready for like a game or something, yeah. I'll always go Beyonce, anything Beyonce, Okay. I know. Beyonce? I will say I cannot do the worm. I I literally <laughs> bruised my chin one time trying to do it. Are so you I'll like a forwards or backwards kind of try the worm? You know, when I tried, it was like a dead worm because <laughs> I went up and then, so I don't know if I go forward or backwards because it awesome. just <laughs> never works. You're like a dead worm that's like, like having a seizure. Wow, she had, she had a good little like first try and then I slammed my chin into the ground. I'm like, nope, never again, never again. So That's so awesome. Never do the Okay, worm. Beyonce song. If you had to pick a Beyonce song, what would that be? Oh, man. Um, I'm always down for some single ladies. I mean, I guess that's appropriate for if we're talking about relationship, hey, right? Right? <laughs> single ladies is always a good one. Um, I like her OG stuff, like the original. Yeah. Original, go back to middle school era. Okay, I love <laughs> that. You want to tell Alexa to play a little Beyonce for us? Let's see what she comes up with. Alexa, play Beyonce. Beyonce from Apple Music. Let's see what she got. Oh, it's one of the new ones. One is Lemonade? I don't know. I don't know Beyonce that well. This is one of her new ones. This is on her new album. I can tell you that. Okay. It's slower. It's not really a dance song to me. This is the one where she's in that yellow dress and she's like slamming a car window. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa, stop. We don't know where this is Yeah, we don't want to go there. That's awesome. Music video. Oh my gosh. Okay, Bree. So, yes. where did we go get coffee today? We went to East Park Coffee and Donuts. Coffee and Donuts. Donuts and coffee. Mm. <laughs> so, I've actually never been to this place, which is exciting. So, what did you get to co- for coffee? I got a honey lavender latte. And for donuts, we got both chocolate, which is both obviously chocolate. good. Yeah. Old fashioned chocolate. chocolate. And yeah. Dutch chocolate, I think Dutch that's what chocolate. I got. Yeah. I got a honeybee one which mm-hmm. is like honey cinnamon and vanilla yep which is my go-to so you know. get lavender honey look at us <laughs> well that is another um east nashville location which hidden gem next to hidden hawkers gem. yes 
they argue that they're one of the best donuts in Nashville. They do. They so, do. Go, go try it out. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. So, talking about relationship abuse, I just kind of want to know your backstory, like with experiencing relationship abuse. I don't think I've necessarily had, um, you know, in the relationships that I have had, which I, I haven't dated too much throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first relationship that I ever had back in high school was actually a really great relationship. Like I had no issues. He was super sweet, you know, looked out for my well being. I looked out for his. It was a very healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, then going into college, it was a little bit iffy because it was that weird stage of not knowing what the label was, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're dating people. And I think that that's a big thing in today's world anyway. You know, you're talking to somebody, you're hanging out with them, you're, you're going to get coffee, you're going to get drinks, you're going to dinner, whatever. You're doing all the things that a relationship is supposed to be, but without that label. Yeah. And so that part is really hard to, like, look at nowadays, too, because, you know, you are assuming or you're investing your emotional ties to this person, but they're not necessarily reciprocating it. Fast forward to when I moved to Birmingham, um, mm-hmm. this was where I was in a bad spot, I think, personally, um, okay. just as far as I didn't have many friends, I didn't know anybody there, and I'm such a busybody, like I always want to be around people, I always yeah. want to be doing something, um, and so it was hard for me to be sitting at home not having somebody to do that with, mm-hmm. um, and so my out was when I found this guy on a dating app and decided that, you know, he was good enough and he was giving me the attention that I was so, so needing at the time. And, um, don't get me wrong. Like he was, he was a good guy, but just the way that we went about things later on in the relationship, um, and we rushed into things a lot, you know, it, it was not a good chain of events as to how that started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're going through that relationship, did you recognize that there was any abuse there? No, because I think every new relationship, you obviously get all like, you get that giddy feeling. You're excited. You're happy. You want to spend as much time with that person as possible. Yeah. It's like fun. Um, and then you fast forward into, okay, you have your first fight or you have a disagreement. It's not necessarily a fight, but you have your first disagreement or thing that you notice that you don't necessarily like about that person. And that's, that's going to be in any relationship you have, whether it's friendships, whether it's a, an actual, you know, relationship that you're dating a relationship. Yeah. Um, but I think at that point, when I started noticing those things, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh, okay. It's no big deal. Like that'll be fixed or we can change that. We can work on that, whatever. I'm still getting the, you know, it's, it's addicting to get that, that, that yeah. attention from somebody um, especially when you are in a place that you need the attention. That mm-hmm. was, that was what I was craving. That's what I wanted. So yeah. I was getting that from somebody and I was getting, you know, physical, t- I'm a physical touch person. I'm a quality time person. So both of those things were being fulfilled, yeah. but not, not necessarily in a healthy way. So I want to go back to your word that you used was addicting. Yes. So what do you think was so addicting? I think that's such a powerful word because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize that there are addictions outside of like drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. physical, physical yeah addictions. exactly yeah. so can you kind of walk me through that yeah so I think um love is a huge addiction like you know just being around people being included and feeling like you are wanted mm-hmm. is something and that's that, part of the soul yeah. like God <laughs> loves us so like we crave that mm-hmm. so everybody wants it I mean 
I don't think that anyone can look themselves in the in the face and say, yeah, you know what? I don't need it. I don't need love. I don't need affection. I don't need attention. It's a human trait that everybody wants to attain. Mm-hmm. So whether you're getting it in a healthy way or whether you're getting it in an unhealthy way, it is something that you're always craving and looking for. So, you know, say I, I grew up in a really loving family and everybody like we're really close right now. Mm-hmm. So we're, I always get attention from my parents, from my, my siblings and everything. We, we can talk, we can chat about stuff. Not everybody gets the attention from their family. Um, and so sometimes they go and get attention from their friends or they'll get attention from a loved one as far as a romantic relationship. But mm-hmm. I think that once you start, once you're at a lower point, so I was a psychology major a little okay. bit in college. And so, you know, for any sort of addiction, you're at this baseline level. And when okay. you get into this, this, so when I was in Birmingham, you get into this like little depressed, I wasn't depressed, but depressive state. So you're below that average spot where you're at mm-hmm. and you're craving this attention. You're now at this lower spot. So if somebody is to come along and put you back up to that normal spot, it still oh. feels like a raise in that and that dopamine levels mm-hmm. or whatever. So you might still be at normal, but because that you were at a lower spot at the time and that person brought it up to an average normal level, it feels still as if you're going higher than normal. That's very intriguing. Yeah. Very intriguing. So would you say that if you feel like you're at that lower level, mm-hmm. should you want to get to your normal level before you date again? I think so. Okay. I think that that's something... When everyone says you need to love yourself before you love anybody else and you need to be able to understand who you are emotionally and physically and all that good stuff before you're in a relationship, I think that's a big part of it because so many people are in this state of wanting a relationship so badly that they'll force it and that they'll get into this and it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing and turns out to be, you're just, you know, you're riding on that normal level again, but it's not getting you to that higher level. And that's what we should all be achieving, you know, trying to achieve whether that be a happy, healthy relationship, but also that's going to help you grow and move forward in your in your life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to have some step backs. You're going to have some issues. But if that person is able to accept that and help you grow in that instance, yeah. then that's where it's healthy and that's where it's going to be above that average. I love that. I love that. So where do you feel like your turning point was in your relationship of being like, okay, this is not right for me and I need to walk away? I didn't realize it up until probably the end of it. Um, I was in this relationship for eight, maybe nine months, nine months too long, but, (laughs) (laughs) but truly when I was in it, you know, I was getting those, that attention that I wanted so badly. I was traveling, um, for work Monday through Friday. So I was never home. It was something that I had somebody to always text when I was in hotel rooms, when I was by myself, you know, like when I was traveling, I had somebody to check in with. I had somebody that when I got back from trips, he would sometimes have dinner waiting for me, even at 9 p.m. at night, like when my flight got in late. It was it was a great feeling to yeah. come home to somebody. Um, and so with all this stuff happening, you have those really good things that happen that might be very minuscule. So in the beginning of the relationship, there was a ton of good things that were happening. So I was so blind to it all. But what ends up happening throughout the relationship, especially with certain people, is that those good things start to dwindle down to what they're who they actually are. So you're not going to have the constant, you know, dinners being made. Um, he's excited to see you every single time mm-hmm. you come back. And it started to dwindle down, but I didn't realize that because it was, I was still getting enough of the yeah. positive that I was like, Oh, well, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, I'm sad right now. Cause he didn't do this and this and this, or I didn't get the attention that I wanted at this point. 
But then the next day, all of a sudden he turns around and this one tiny little thing that he does brings me back to like, oh, he's good. He's yeah. fine. You know, um, I actually had a lot of my family and friends towards the end of the relationship continuously tell me, I never saw them in person. This is the, this is the crazy part is that I didn't actually see these people in person, but over the phone, how I was texting them, how I was wow. responding to them, they were like, Brie, you're different. Yeah. Something's not right. Are you Okay. I noticed that I was crying a lot more. Like I was, I'm not a crier. Like I don't cry. I don't think I, yeah, I don't <laughs> I imagine you being a crier. So I was crying all the time and you know, and I was upset about things all the time and I felt like I was stressed out and obviously work is part of that, but right. you know, coming back home to something that's not healthy and it stresses you out even more, mm-hmm. sometimes it's even worse. He would make me feel bad about having to get up super early on Monday morning for like the red eye flight to go to work. Um, or coming back home late on Fridays, he's like, you're getting back at nine again. Like I never get to see you. I'm like, I spend every waking moment with you when I am home. Right. You know? And so that was one thing I noticed that he started doing was making me feel bad for my work. Okay. He, um, he really didn't want me hanging out with my friends. Like I didn't see my friends the entire time Mm. I was dating this guy. Um, I had a couple of my friends come to visit Birmingham and they met, they met him and all of their reactions were yeah, he's really nice, but, and there's but. always this, but, and they didn't want to say anything. It's over the top. I mean, that's the hardest part as a that friend. You're hard. seeing this and you're like, you are so happy right now. Or you seem to be happy, but I don't want to put you down in the aspect of you really like this guy. So right. Where's, where, where is that line? What's that, what's that place that you have to be able to tell somebody, is this a good thing for you or not? For sure. Yeah. So I have two questions yes. out of everything you just said. So one, do you feel like. He knew he was being emotionally abusive, and therefore he did the nice things to kind of keep you around. Um, no, I don't think so. I think he was really just trying to, um, I think he was trying to communicate his feelings towards the frustrations of me not being around, Mm -hmm. and that's totally valid. You know, I wasn't around, right? Um, or as much as he would have liked. But the way that he went about doing it was not good. Okay. You know, so him making me feel bad for something that I can't really change. Right. I physically had to be somewhere, you know, at a certain time on Monday morning or whatever the case was. Right. And um, so if he had a problem with it, we could have had a discussion and sat down and really talked about it like adults. But um, it turned into something that was more so him making me feel bad and then I turn around and I'm like how can I fix this to make it better yeah. I was feeling like I needed to change to make him happy yeah when it it's in reality it needs to be you know meeting in the middle way. it shouldn't yeah. be one way or the other for sure so so then my second question out of that is from a friend standpoint mm-hmm. who maybe is seeing one of their good friends go through a relationship that does red flag as abuse mm-hmm. What would you have liked from your friends or what did your friends do well in that instance? I think the three people that are coming to mind right away, um, all of them were honest with me and they were like, we like the guy. I think he's a good guy, but are you sure? Like, you know, are you okay with this? And I would tell them stories about that stuff and they would always listen to me about it. Like it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be a, here's a teaching moment. They would just listen. And they would say, well, you know, have you talked to him about this? Are you able to, to have a discussion around this? Whatever. And it would be very open dialogue between all my friends. 
one of my friends in particular, actually, at the time, he lived in um, Nashville. Okay. And he was a co-worker, so he's one of my one of my best friends that I talked with all the time. Um, he was the one that really brought it up and was like, you just seem different. And I don't see this mm-hmm. guy all the time. Um, turned out that because I spoke with this friend so often, um, my boyfriend at the time was actually very jealous of him. So mm-hmm. I used to face him all the time. We used to talk about work, and it would just be a very relaxed relationship like friendship mm-hmm. and I'm friends with a ton of people like you know just it's I just like You're to a chat social people. butterfly and exactly. I love that so I was not a social butterfly at the time I was it was I only went to dinner with him I like only went and did things yeah oh I only did things with him I was so quick to roll over and not I didn't have the feisty side of me that I usually have I didn't have my sarcasm he didn't necessarily like my sarcasm and didn't get it and so my funny comments, my little, you know, positive comments that I try to be positive about wasn't there. It, I mean, all of that started to dwindle away. So my friend that was in Nashville, he actually called me out one day. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's going fine. And he goes, no, you're not fine because I know you and this isn't, this isn't how you respond, what's yeah. going on. And so I think that that in, in itself really started to get me to think about this. And some of the stories that I would tell him, he's like, Brie, that's not okay for him to do. Like, that's that's not good. That's not okay for him to do. You need to stand up for yourself in those aspects. And when I would, that's when the anger came out. Oh, okay. And then um, my friend did actually bring up the fact that he's like, you're not one of those people that I see as somebody that's going to roll over and let them physically abuse you. So th- this needs to stop before I come down to burning him and beat the crap out of this guy. And I'm like... It's good to have friends like that, Yeah, though. it is, it is. You need, like, an enforcer yeah. as a friend. Like, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that just the listening that they did and then the slow pushes when I was ready, like, ready to hear it as I was starting to open up and really tell them the true stories that were happening. I like that because I think that oftentimes people don't say anything because mm-hmm. you're, you push back so much. Yeah. But as a friend and as an encourager, you kind of, you don't want that to stop you from encouraging your friend or saying, hey, I just don't know. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like they're still listening, even though if they're pushing back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a natural instinct to to want to defend somebody that you have feelings for. For sure. Or that you've been hanging out with. Like, you don't know them behind closed doors. You haven't seen them like this. So I'm telling you the worst of the worst. Yeah. But you haven't seen the other side. You don't get to see that happy side. You haven't seen the positive side of it. it was the constant me trying to stick up for him when I really shouldn't have been. But it, it's a normal thing to do. So yeah, that person that you're trying to help or trying to get into that mindset of like what's really going on here, they're going to truly push. That's normal. They're going to push yeah. back. They're going to be like, well, no, he's good at this point in time. He's good at this point in time. What I think that I would suggest asking that person is do the positive moments that you have with him outweigh the negative? Mm-hmm. Are, are there more positives than negatives? And that's a huge question because a lot of times it does take some... It, before you that person can move on, it has to be internal. Like, they will not be able to get out of that relationship, move on, no matter how many friends are telling them, their family's telling them, giving them ultimatums, which I don't think is a good thing. But regardless, right. if other people externally are telling you things, it's not going to change up until that person decides they want it to change. I 100% agree with yeah. that. And kind of relating it to something a little bit different, we're both athletes and... 
whenever you're told to do something, confidence-wise, for mm-hmm. example, it's like, I know I can do it, but I'm not going to do it until I know yeah. I can do it, like, yeah. the confidence-wise. So, I think I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And just, like, keep encouraging them, keep encouraging mm-hmm. them. So, it sounds like he just kind of stripped you of Brie. Mm-hmm. And do you think that you were unable to recognize that at the beginning because you had never experienced this type of relationship before? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that he was emotionally abusive in the beginning at all. Okay. It became that way, and we were talking about this on the way to coffee, it's a lot of the control part. Yeah. Um, everybody wants a little bit of control in their life, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm infamous for the, the whole, if I can't control something, I'm going to control something else. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I know, you know, if I was nervous for something that was going on that day, I'll clean the crap out of my house because I can control that. Like I go crazy. So I find something. Get that toothbrush out. The baseboards are dirty. I need to go on my knees. You know, I mean, it's, I will find something to control because I needed something at that point. I was in a spot with this guy that I couldn't control him. Couldn't control the relationship at all. And I couldn't control work and work was just Mm. a nightmare at the time. So not having the support from him, coming back to it all I wanted was like you know it was nice to have somebody to cuddle up with on the couch and right. somebody to bring you dinner and those little things I'm like oh, okay this is normal I can I can chill I can relax and whatever yeah but I wasn't out meeting people I wasn't out like with friends in Birmingham I wasn't meeting anybody um and it's shocking that immediately after I was done with him I had this amazing group of friends that I meet in Birmingham and like because I was out and put myself out there I was yeah. trying to become who I was before Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's important to note because I think when we're lonely, mm-hmm. we often look for that companion who's going to give us love. Yep. But the cool thing about love is it doesn't only come in the form of a relationship mm-hmm. with another uh, companion type yeah. thing. It can come in the form of friendships. And I think that friends are going to really help you get from that lower level back mm-hmm. to your higher level. And if not even higher and now your standards standards are a little bit higher absolutely absolutely and i I mean it goes it circles back to the same comment that we had earlier if you can't love yourself you will not find people i mean like attracts like it's just you know positivity happiness whatever you want to call it all of that brightens a room Mm -hmm. whether you notice it or not and so other people are going to be automatically drawn to that and then you, from there, can pick the people that you really yeah. want to be around. Because if they, if they give you back that brightness, that exciting, the excited feeling, that happiness, that those are the people that I enjoy being around. I like the Same. positivity. I like yeah. that that feeling of going back and forth with somebody. So like you feed off of energy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it was a bummer because I was not that happy person with him, and I wasn't drawing any happiness from that too. Yeah. You know that makes sense. So that makes sense. So walk me through Mm -hmm. your relationship with the Lord during Mm -hmm. and then post. Okay. Non-existent. (laughs) Non-existent. I mean, so I, a little background, and you know this, but for everybody listening, um, (laughs) I I grew up Catholic, and when I went to college, they were, you know, I had a lot of friends that were very religious. I wasn't convinced you know I was I was kind of like yeah I believe in Jesus I believe in God I believe the whole you know I believe all of that yeah. but it was very nonchalant like I was like eh, I believe it whatever never really went to church in college um didn't do any I, I never opened up a bible like not once um and you know some of my decisions in college after you can re- reflect that completely <laughs> it's like yep nope God was not there in her life at that point but 
you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, but anyway, we all so, have like that. exactly. So then I moved to Birmingham, um, and met this guy, and the entire time that I was with him, I didn't go to church, didn't read a Bible. I had a Bible at the time, did not read it. Weirdly enough, the friend from Nashville actually told me at one point during the hardship that I was having, he's like, get this Bible. He told me specifically, get this Bible, get this, this little book to read, you know, all this stuff. And I got it. I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and I had all the intentions of, you know, doing it. I, I think everyone runs into that where you, you, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then you just, you don't have, you the don't time put it you first don't and you don't, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, it, time is, time is when you, you give it time. So it's, yeah. I think that's goes for anybody. If you, if it's important to you, you're going to make time for it. Absolutely. Whether that's a person, whether that's. That is an anthem that you. I live by. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they will make time for it. So, um, then when I was done with this relationship, I had one of my friends from Birmingham, probably a week or two afterwards, randomly ask me when we were out at the bar the night before, Hey, we're going to church tomorrow. Do you want to come? And I don't know what hit me that night, whatever it was, but I quickly said, yeah, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And it was truly a why not kind of situation. So again, remember I was, I grew up Catholic. I had never been to a non-denominational church before. And this sermon that we were at, (laughs) I'm telling you right now, we walk in, it's awesome. We've got the songs playing and I'm like, this is cool. Like, I really like the vibe of this concert. Okay. (laughs) This is church. Like, sweet. So, you know, I'm loving every second of it. And then they go through the sermon and he stops midway and he's like, all right, this is, this is one of our times during the month that we are going to have everyone individually pray with your small group around you, you know, (laughs) turn around. You're going to be with welcome to church, (laughs) six six to seven people around you and just like circle up and everyone's just going to pray with what we just read and what we went over. And I'm sitting there like, Instant panic, instant sweat. I'm like, what is going on? I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. As much as I grew up Catholic, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, everyone else is spitting this out. It's so fluid. They're just like, Lord Jesus, please help me. And I'm like, do I say Lord Jesus? Do I say Jesus? Do I, what do I say? I say, hey, bro. Yo, dude, dude in the sky. But no, I, you know, it was, it was such an experience and I got through it. I, oh, I was so nervous. And I'm shaking the entire time. I'm like, I've never been so nervous in church. Oh my gosh. But I did it. I got through it. And um, after we walked out, my two friends that were with me, they were like, how's a rough service to come as your first one? And I was like, can I come with you guys next week? Like immediately. And they're like, okay. Awesome. It is a weird feeling when God has a huge time that, I mean, it's just straight up. Like he put his hand down. He's like, you're going to church. And I, there was nothing I could do about it. I was like, love right. this church. I immediately joined the church. I got into small groups. Um, and then, sadly, a couple of months later, I ended up moving to Nashville. So I was, Not again, sadly, because I was sadly with this church. But <laughs> yes. I was like so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my church. Like, I like this church. What am I gonna, I'm not going to find a church that's yeah. like this in Nashville. And um, yeah, there, you know, some of the churches that I do go to here, they're a little different. They're a little bit bigger. They're very Nashville-esque. But yes. at the same time, they have definitely kept me where I need to be. Um, giving me some of the people that I've met and I'm very close to, including you. Um, and so I could not have asked for better two churches that I do a ton to go back yeah, and forth for with, sure. but it's been great. That's so awesome. I love that so much. So looking back now having Christ in your life, mm-hmm. do you see your relationship any differently with him? Yeah. 
Yes. Um, I'm always one to, and it, and mind you, it does take some time to get to this point, but I am a huge believer in everything that you go through, good or bad, is a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what can you take from that? And I felt like I could really look back at that relationship. Yes, it was awful. It was not fun to be in. And I wasn't proud of who I was during it. I wasn't proud of even afterwards. I mean, I was a, I was a ball full of tears. Like I broke up with him and I'm still like crying every day. Like, what is this? You know? And, um, You're like he's still manipulating me. How's that right? possible? Like, oh, it was just, it was a lot. I mean, of course he came, you know, he tried to get back with me afterwards and that was a hard hard like I need to be mm. emotionally strong here like yeah. I cannot let like, this I just come need back. to cut it I need yeah. to cu- it needs to be done um and my friends really helped me through that like That's really awesome. helped me through that but um I think that the learning opportunity and what God meant for me to be in that relationship was to be able to find myself mm. I think I was I was still kind of nervous and didn't know who I was really in Birmingham um, and the relationship didn't help, but I don't think that I would have gotten the confidence, the, the way that I am now without that relationship, because I was beaten down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't like this person. What did I like about what I had before and how can I grow that to be even more? Yeah. So awesome. I don't think, I, I don't regret that relationship as much as that sounds weird to say. I really enjoy that. I had that opportunity to learn from Truly what I need to know about the next relationship. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. If they do this, I need to be aware that that could turn into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that was, it was, a, it's an important thing to know. I mean, when you're not in a relationship like that, sometimes you don't know what to look for. So you do yeah. get caught in these things and, and you don't know how to get out of it. And I felt like, I feel like I'm a stronger, more, uh, my decisions are like yes or no. Like, I don't, you just said that? No, absolutely not. And I feel like I can stand up for myself a little bit more. Um, you know, there's still things that don't necessarily go through all the time. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like a more confident person in, in the dating relationship area. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you said that you didn't regret that relationship because I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the time when we go through something really hard in life, we often regret it. Mm-hmm. And... But when you truly look at it, you're like, what did I learn from that? And how did I grow from that? And would I be the person I am today without that? And mm-hmm. God promised us to go through hardships, hardships, but we have to go through the fire to be refined. Yep. And without fire, there's nothing, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we don't learn a lot of the stuff. So I think that's awesome that you don't regret that. Yeah. That's, I think and that's it's, really cool. it's a hard place to get to. Truly, because I think right afterwards, I, I did regret it. I was like, I don't know who I was. I didn't realize that yeah. I was such a different person. But when you work to look and change your perspective on what happened, that's where you grow as a person because not only are you not, you're not bitter about what happened. It's not that that person did that to you on purpose. It just might have been something that they grew up with mm-hmm. or they didn't realize that this is something, they were going through something else. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. But um, you changing your perspective and realizing that you can change yourself and that's all that you can control is yourself, how you grow from it and how you look at these things. Why not take the positive route? Why not look at yeah. it from a from a good perspective of like how can I learn from this and how can I be a better person? Yeah. Um, and bring it into your new relationships. I mean, that's that's the way you're gonna grow. That's where you're gonna find the relationship you're supposed to be in, you know? Yeah. So. I love that. So have you forgiven him? Yes, actually I have. How um did you get to that point. That was a lot of praying and a lot of journaling, let me tell you. <laughs> and I'm not a journaler. It was, I, 
when I first started um, praying, like I said, I, I was not a prayer. Like, I didn't know how to pray. I'm like, I don't know how to do. So You can just talk. I know. So listen. I've gotten to that point now. But before, I would write everything down in a book. And so it would be my prayer. And I have, like, this whole book full of just, like, dear God or dear Jesus or whatever. And I would write everything that I wanted to say down. And then I would go in and find, I would literally flip open the Bible, find some sort of verse. And sometimes they made sense. And sometimes they made they absolutely yeah. sense. I'm like, okay. Which that is a lot was of the Bible. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make any sense as to what I said today. But you know what? Maybe, I'll, maybe it'll show yeah. up later on in the week. But um, I, I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to trust people too, which sometimes is a bad thing. But yeah. I, um, I feel like forgiving somebody that does you wrong and this is a topic that I think a lot of people don't really agree with me on but I think that forgiving somebody that does you wrong isn't easy but when you don't forgive somebody you have that in the back of your mind and it's always this nagging like black hole almost you know so every time you go back to it you're just like I hate him I hate this I hate that he did this to me I hate Mm. that he made me this way and you spiral into this like nasty cycle of just hatred and so to forgive somebody not necessarily to forget what they did to you not necessarily to say that what they did was okay but it's to free yourself from that endless cycle of just nastiness yeah and allow yourself to open up into this better spot and better being and you know I mean everybody deserves to be forgiven your your sin is no less important or less I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Your sin is not like you do something. We can't do it head to head. It's not like a, you, you decided that you were going to swear or use God's name mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. And then I was, I don't know. I mean, you know, it All could sin be anything. Is the same. All sin is sin. It yeah. doesn't matter. There's no, there's no, there's levels. no scale to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no scale. It's not like, oh, this is like a one. And then there's, like you a did 10. a 10 and that's really bad. Which so I think like, it's so difficult yeah. for people to understand because mm-hmm. when you're comparing that to murder, yeah, that affects like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But then I lie. Guess what? Those are the same. They're the same. And so if God can forgive you for lying, mm-hmm. we can forgive other people who did us wrong yeah and sometimes there are two people that need to be forgiven especially Mm -hmm. in a relationship of abuse yourself one is Mm -hmm. them to yourself and i think it's because we put a lot of shame on ourselves why did i let myself be Mm -hmm. in a relationship like that or why did i do this to allow him to or her Mm -hmm. because guys get abused too him or her to do this to me. And I think a lot of shame is built up. Mm-hmm. So you have to free them and then you have to free yourself. I think it's harder to do that for yourself. Oh yeah. I really do. And that comes from talking with your friends. It comes from really looking inside of what, what do you want out of this? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always one for, you know, if there's something going on in your life and you're, you're having a hard time with it, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, what's your end goal? What, what do you want out of that? Because if you don't know what the end result is, what you mm-hmm. want, you, how are you supposed to get to that spot? Yeah. Like how do you know that you're in a good spot? So I knew after this relationship, I wanted to be me. I wanted to be the happy Brie. I wanted to be the one. I used to have this saying where I wanted to make at least one person laugh every day. That I was, love that so I, much. Just like, I always, I don't know. My sister just laughed me laugh today, so I mean, oh. check. Check on it. <laughs> but my sisters always would laugh at me and. I didn't mind being the goofball. I, I, weirdly enough, I don't like being the center of attention, but I end up being the center of attention a mm-hmm. lot. 
And um, so as long as everybody else is happy, that, that shared brightness that, you know, when I was talking about when you get into a room and it's like happy brightness that surrounds you, if you're able to give that to somebody else, that sometimes just makes their day a completely different day. Yeah. If you can give them that little bit of spark of like happiness and you make them laugh. Who knows? I mean, like I, my middle sister, she and I would fight all the time when we were little. And when I came back from college, and I'm telling you, I was mean as ever in high school. <laughs> I was so mean. I was so mean. But when I came back from college, I realized that I really missed my family and wanted to be around them. And when me and my middle sister would fight, <laughs> I realized that she'd get mad at me and she'd be in this like grumpy mood for a while. But if I made her laugh right after we fought, whether it was just like a stupid comment or I did mm-hmm. something funny, immediately, okay. Like we would be totally fine. We wouldn't have any issues. Oh, yeah. That's so really cool. It's the, the wonders of happiness. It's so true. I read something the other day and it said something about how children laugh nearly like a hundred times a day mm-hmm. and adults laugh only like 10. Oh, that's so sad. Isn't that so I sad? I want to laugh a hundred times a day. Right? <laughs> and I started thinking about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, do you ever have those moments to where you just die laughing and mm-hmm. you're crying mm-hmm. like I have those moments quite what like Bible quite science last week yeah exactly <laughs> right and like you just have to think find the joy in a lot of different things I think that's what brings laughter yeah but then when you have those you're like man I really needed that like I haven't had one of those mm-hmm. in a while it's like but why yeah yeah we take things way too seriously yes so seriously like if you face plant on the ground laugh about it like you know just I usually pop up if something like that happens I usually pop up. anyone else see that because that was pretty freaking funny <laughs> That's awesome. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. Yes. Because it allows everyone else to laugh at you. And you know what? Sometimes, like, you do embarrassing things. Like, yes. Okay. (laughs) We're humans. (laughs) One time, I remember this. It was in middle school. It was so embarrassing. But I thought, looking back now, I think it was literally hilarious. I was walking and I was talking to one of my friends. It was a guy. So, of Mm -hmm. course, it was embarrassing. (laughs) I was walking and all of a sudden. I turned and literally smacked straight into a pole. Oh, it was so no. bad. We were walking back from pee and it was like, bam! And I was like, oh my god. He was like, are you okay? It was so bad. I was so embarrassed. But now I think back, yeah, I'm like, wow, that so was funny. actually hilarious. It's like movie-wise. Oh, That's funny. so funny. Um. So looking back, would you have done anything differently? That's a hard question because... You know, if I did something different, I don't know if I would have learned the same lessons mm-hmm. that I did. But um, do you feel like you would have wish you would have maybe stood up for yourself a little oh, bit more? Heck yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's not easy, especially when you don't know right. what you're standing right. up for. But yeah, I was I was walked all over. I mean, mm-hmm. I was walked all over. He said, "Jump." I say, "How high?" And do you want me to go left or right? You know, like <laughs> yeah. When I come down, what line you two legs? Which one? Like you know, it was just like the added extra things that I would go out of my way to do and even if I was tired I would make that extra effort even if he didn't deserve it but um and um so it's just it was just interesting about that whole lovely piece of it yeah for sure pause for a sec okay she should be okay okay I can kill that so okay so for my last question that I have, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone struggling with relationship abuse, whether that be emotional or physical? Um, I think when you finally are 
acknowledging that you are in that relationship, that you know mm-hmm. that you want out of it. Um, know that the process isn't going to be easy because that addiction is going to come back of wanting to have that, that support, wanting to have that, that quality time, that physical touch, whatever you're getting from that, from that relationship, there are positives to it. And that's why you got in it in the first place. Acknowledge that, understand that that's okay. And know that what you're doing is not because you're weak or not because you, you are a bad person that you got into this. I mean, there's all this stuff. Everyone's, everyone grows, everyone grows differently. Um, but I do think once you acknowledge that you're in it, maybe help, you know, ask, ask for help, ask your friends for help, let them know that you're in it too. And right at that moment, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not, there's going to be a time like for mine, for example, mine was one instance that he pushed me to the edge of, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I can't do it. And I will say, this is the hardest part about it is that when you do decide to do it, do it, walk away, block him. Don't look at anything because you're going to want to have, you're going to want to go back. You're going to want to, that's, that's going to be a thing because when you're emotionally abused and or physically abused, a lot of times you have this like weird want to come back to that. Even though you know it was harmful, mm-hmm. you got that love from somebody. Yeah. You know, like he's now you're, you're, and you're insecure and you're lonely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and you're kind of giving him ideas as to him or her, them ideas to, <clears throat> as to why they did it. You're, at least I do that. I, I try to rationalize everything that they did. I'm like, well, I mean, he was going through a hard time at that point. He, you know, didn't grow up with a family like I did. Yeah. I was giving him all of these reasons as to why it was okay, and it's not. If you are not being treated like somebody from your own family, like if your sister was to do that, or, you know, if your best friend was to do that to you, if you have a problem with something that your friend would do to you, and mm-hmm. you would say something to that person, you need to be able to say that to somebody that you're dating as well. Yeah. And so asking for help, having your friends support you through that is going to be the biggest thing. And then the second part is to make sure that once you're done, you are officially done. And that's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. Yeah. Just ripping that bandaid off mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. going for it. How about if they're living with the person? That's even harder. advice on that? That's one? even harder. Um, if you're living with somebody, obviously it's a little bit more invested. Mm-hmm. But let's look at it long term. You know, do you like who you are right now? What are the issues? Go ahead and put like a pros and cons list. You know, if that's something, there are there are places you can go, the people you can call, like hotlines and whatnot, that if it is really that bad to where you're afraid that that person's going to come and like harm you, really hurt you yeah. um, you know, call one of your friends. If you don't have the friends, call those hotlines. They'll protect you. You're going to mm-hmm. be okay. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy by any means, but if that's something that's going to be better for you, do you want to sit through your entire life and continuously put up with this day after day after day? Or do you want to be able to come out of this as a stronger person and be able to help anybody else that might need something like this too? You know, you being in that situation of experiencing this, understanding what's going on is a lot more common than normal, but a lot of times it's, it helps other people. So, you know, somebody, one of your friends might be in that relationship a little bit later on and you're like, I'm noticing red flags and you might notice them before they do. You can help them through that mm-hmm. before it gets too attached where they are living with somebody. But, Definitely. you know, it's, it's obviously going to be harder if you're living with somebody yeah. at all. And I think the cool thing is, like, going back to you saying you didn't regret the relationship mm-hmm. and learning what you wanted and all this kind of stuff, you also are given these experiences, like you said, to help other people. Mm-hmm. And God gives you these experiences, and then that way he's talking to you, and then you're able to turn around 
And now he's speaking through you to help other people. And when we use our pain for purpose, really cool things happen from it. Yeah. And our God is just really cool, which is awesome. And lastly, God does not shame you for what you've endured. Mm -hmm. And he's very proud of you. And I'm proud of you, Bree. <laughs> Thank you. And I know you know this, but God's love for you is everlasting and it's unconditional no matter what you've gone through or what you've done in your sin. And mm-hmm. he sees you through everything you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And I see so much light in you, which is awesome. I've been blessed enough to get to know you and... Everyone who talks about Brie <laughs> is like, she has got so much wisdom and she's so bright and loving and caring and all of these things. And so I'm so happy that you've found the Lord through this mm-hmm. and that you are able to look back on your relationship and say, that wasn't the Brie that I knew mm-hmm. and that's not the Brie of who I grew up as. Mm-hmm. But now, like you said, you were able to strip down to your foundation mm-hmm let God rebuild your foundation and now you've taken those characteristics that you liked about yourself and grown on them. Yep. And anyone who's going through any type of abuse, whether that be relationship, parents, Mm -hmm. friends, anything like that, like God loves you for who you are and he does not agree with abuse. Mm -hmm. He does not agree with that. And he wants you to come out of that and he's just going to use his glory when you do come out of that, which is awesome. I I completely agree. I think anybody that is going through it and they're wondering, or if you are praying and you're, you're trying to get out of these relationships and you need the strength to be able to get out of it, know that just because you are in a bad spot doesn't mean that he's ignoring you and that he doesn't love you or that he loves somebody else more, whatever that may be. He's not, he's not abandoning you. He's still there through the whole thing. It's just a matter of, like I said, there's sometimes where you have to find it in yourself. Yeah. To decide that. And once you have that strength inside you, that's when he's going to step up. And he's going to be like, yep, I'm I'm with you. Let's go. Which is why I say, you know, it was one instance that I decided to break up with him. Worst week of my life. And then I went to church. And then you went to church. And he said, here's a very unconventional way to go to church on your very first time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to use it. And I'm going to let you come back. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Do you have any last words of encouragement or anything that you would like to... No, I think, I think overall, you know, everyone's going to deal with a little bit of abuse here and there. And we talked about this on the way to coffee. Everyone's going to have a little bit here and there. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you're looking at it as a, this could be an emotional abuse relationship type of whatever, you know, you might be going through. But if you're able to talk about it with the person and move forward and and grow from that, that's one thing. If you Mm -hmm. know that you mentioned something and they continuously try and find different ways to control you. That's going to not end. That's never going to change. So there are things that people do that you don't like. I wouldn't necessarily call it abuse, but um, because I feel like abuse is a a constant recurring thing that they don't stop. Um, But know that everyone's going to go through ups and downs in your relationships, whether that be with your friends, your family, or um, a loved one, you know, emotionally. But talk about it. You know, communication is the best thing for this kind of thing. And if you guys can work together to grow out of that issue that you're having, that's, that's the best part for the relationship. It's only going to get stronger, you know? So 
Man, you have so much wisdom. I love it. I can sit here and talk to you for hours. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and the hard times that you've gone mm-hmm. through and just sharing that you've come out on the other side. So yeah. we're very grateful for keep you. Keep smiling. Keep laughing. We good. <laughs> we go laugh a hundred times a day. Good day. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I'm honored to be able to talk with you today. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Relationship abuse is not easy to navigate, but Bree walked us through it beautifully. She packed in a whole lot of wisdom in just 47 minutes, but I think a big thing we can take from her is to pay attention to the actions of the person you're seeing. Do the good outweigh the bad, but also the magnitude of each good and bad thing almost like a scale. They could do three good things and one bad, but does the magnitude of the bad outweigh the good? Also, listen to the people you're closest with. They often see things we are unable to. Lastly, I want to stress to you that just because you've been in or are in an abusive relationship doesn't mean God doesn't love you any less. In Romans 8, 35-39, it says this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in anger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You are not alone, and you can be healed. It's just one decision away from letting God have control. I love you, and thank you for tuning in. You are worthy. You are blessed. You are loved. Peace, y'all. Check out the episode bio for the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233.